What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Grind Podcast, where I talk about hunting, entrepreneurship, what else? Fitness. Fitness, and the daily grind and what it takes to earn success. I'm your host, Eric Van Workham. We got Pistol P here, and uh, we just got off a, uh, what should I say, a grind of a bear hunt. Another one this spring. Back from another bear hunt. Back from another bear hunt where we were successful. Uh, yes, we sir. went hard in the paint, got rained on for five days, literally gave it heck, um, and we maximized maximized our opportunity with a short window of weather and crushed an absolutely once-in-a-lifetime bear in terms of size, color, and an, an absolutely epic white patch yeah, on his chest. That's sweet. And just wadded that thing up at 750 yards with 300 PRC. Yeah, it's it's awesome footage. Yeah. We were in there deep, so. You know, I was thinking about this morning, I was thinking about, man, do you know how hard it is to make a video of this stuff and to kill a respectable animal and to do it in that short amount of time and prep? Wait. Like, it's an it's an incredible accomplishment if you if you really think about the details of that hunt. Well, especially for, like, that nice of a bear, too. And when you were checking it in, the game warden was like, this is a nice bear. Like, yeah. saying how what they usually get checked in is like a one-year-old you know like one two-foot bear like nothing you know good people got a bear but like to get a mature bear it takes a lot of work and for us to get in there as fast as we did and as fast as we slammed a bear with how the weather was was pretty incredible <laughs> yeah absolutely it was incredible accomplishment accomplishment um that game warden had checked in 200 plus bears and this was the biggest bear he'd seen um he figured somewhere between seven and 12 years old respectively you know, they took a tooth sample so that they can uh, do some data research on that. But absolutely incredible animal. So uh, we won't podcast about that experience. We'll hit that up for another episode when we can involve our buddy uh, Wyatt and have him along. But uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Q&A. And this is kind of, have we done a Q&A? We've done one Q&A. Yeah, we've done some like Instagram comments. But the, all these Q&As are coming from the the Facebook group. So you put a post on there, ask people what questions they had. So we have a bunch of them. We'll see how many we get to, but we'll do a few of them of what people want to want to hear about. Most of them are all hunting related. I found one in the pending post that someone had asked a question about fitness. So I thought we'd throw, throw that in there, throw that one in too, to yeah. mix it up a little bit. And, and just real quick, if you're listening to this podcast, and you're in a private part of our private Facebook group. I know how many downloads this podcast get. I know how many people are in our private Facebook group community. That means some of you aren't over there. A couple things. If you're going to come over there, there's three things that require. Number one, give us, give us your email. And I I say that a little bit uh, aggressively, but we're not going to spam you. We haven't even sent an email yet. We just want to be able to connect with people, give people product first, give them opportunities at discounts and other cool things that others won't get. And we put on there before, like, Right when products are releasing, like a post, like you guys can get a discount on this. Um, Aaron's doing a skull hooker giveaway on there right now. Yeah. It's only it's exclusive to the Facebook group. You won't see it anywhere else. So, like, there's things going on over there that aren't on Instagram and aren't on YouTube. But so it's just exclusive for people that join that for that community. Yeah. So. And then you know uh, what type of hunter you are and who referred you to the group. It's pretty simple. And do you follow? You know abide by our rules and our guidelines because we're not going to have any uh curb kickers tire kickers we're not going to have any shit talkers you're we're, we're we're not involving you in fact i i see everyone that comes through i know many of you uh i know who the keyboard cowboys are too and we don't have any of those people in this group and this <laughs> is why this this group is so fantastic so help us build a community join us over there and uh uh we'd we'd love to get you over there so we put up a post and said what questions do you have for eric that you'd like him to answer on the podcast so Peyton's taking a few of those questions. We're going to look at those, and uh, we're going to answer them right now. All right. So the first one's from, I'll just use first names on here, is Bob. Uh, He says, let's get hypothetical. You can only kill one more animal for the rest of your hunting career, and then you must watch from the sidelines. So absolute bucket list critter, anything, anywhere, no setbacks. What are you hunting? What's your setup going to be, rifle or bow? And can I tag along for the ride? So you can only help shoot one more animal. One more animal one time or one more animal the rest of my life? That's what I didn't understand. For one, you can only, he says you can only kill one more animal for the rest of your hunting career. Oh, and wow. then you must watch from the sidelines. So I'm thinking it's 
this is your last hoorah, last yeah. animal you can kill. Archery hunt desert mule deer. Desert mule deer? Yep. Why? It's it's my absolute favorite thing to do. I love the grind of the desert. I love how it's freezing ass cold in the morning. <laughs> Warms up during the day. I love the stocking com- conditions. I love hunting in those washes. I love glassing, all day glassing sessions, looking for that buck. And I love going on big loops and getting into position on these animals and doing it with good people. You know, I do that hunt with Josh. I do it with you. Um, going to try some new things this year. But I just, and the big bucks are out. That's yeah. one of my favorite parts. They're rutting. So yeah. this would obviously be a January hunt. Um, so let me just set some precedents there. January archery rut mule deer hunt. If I could do one, if that was my very last thing left to hunt, that's what I do. And I love that even more than the high country. And it's a close one. It's a close yeah. one. But you notice how quickly I answered that. You you kind of knew already. It's like, like, it's like one of the like things instinct. I look most forward to. Is going out to the desert. Yes, dude. But you'd you'd want to hunt because you go out there and hunt coos too. Yeah. But you'd rather mule deer. Mule deer. Yeah, yeah absolutely. The, coos is a consolation prize if I can't draw a mule deer tag. Yeah. Or get an over the counter one or whatever, whatever the scenario is. Mm-hmm. Um, mule deer. Because you're looking over. And here's why it's also interesting. My mind, um, I like to be constantly, it likes to be entertained by things. When I say entertained by things, I mean like, I like to see bucks. I don't enjoy the hunts. Um, that you're seeing one or two bucks in a week. Yeah. I enjoy the hunts where you're seeing, you know, three to seven bucks a day. And if you can find one or two mature bucks, that's a really solid hunt for me. And I feel like I can do that on these hunts. Yeah. And then getting into stalking position with a bow on a big old desert mule deer who has a whole bunch of does with him. That's tough to do. That is super tough to do. Yeah. And some of that country's gnarly too. We do, we average 10, 15 mile days. From, yeah, from hiking in and out yeah. and stuff. Yeah. We have to climb some s- steep stuff. So yeah. that's that's the answer. It's easy. Desert hunting. Desert mule deer. Desert mule deer. And I mean, there's some there's some big bucks out there. Can so. you tag along? Yes, you can be the camp cook. The camp cook. <laughs> <laughs> can I tag along for the ride? I mean, it's your last hunt. You, mm-hmm. I guess you might as well let them that's tag true. along. <laughs> I guess it doesn't matter if I reveal my spots, huh? It's my last hunt. <laughs> it's your last hunt. And then you get to sit from the sidelines. Yep, that's it. That, that would be tough for you. All right. Here's another one from Nick. Uh, what does the brotherhood of hunting mean to you? Not to hang out with buddies on the weekend hunting, but the guys that call off work, take off vacation, take a cut in their paycheck, etc., to help you pack out, find animals, drive hours away from home to help you get your truck unstuck brothers, that type of brotherhood. Yeah. So yeah, what does that, what does that mean to you? I mean, that's a bond that can't be broken. Those are those are bonds that are forged in the mountains that aren't forged elsewhere. Yeah, it's it's when you're out there grinding with your buddies, and when you figure out what you're made of, when conditions are deplorable, when your body's shot, your mind is weakened, and that you push through some of those times, and you come through together. You help one another, mm-hmm. whether you're sharing a snack or helping someone get pulled out of the mud, or packing out a bull or a buck. Those are the moments that that uh, you know you you find out who your friends are um, and the people you can trust. And Mm -hmm. I don't just mean the people that DM me on Instagram saying, Hey Eric, if you ever need to pack out a buck or a bull, I'm your guy. Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly why you're my guy (laughs) because you want to know where I'm at. But for the people who I can call that I know will be there and then I don't have to worry about ever returning to my spot or worry about them spot poaching as I call it. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's awesome. It's like an experience like none other. And, um, when you grind like that and suffer like that, it's a, it's a, it's a brotherhood that can never be broken. And those are the memories that we're going to share with our kids, with our grandkids. Oh man, one time I helped Eric do this, or I helped Aaron do this, or I helped Peyton do this. Here's what we're doing. Here's what the weather was like. We didn't know if we were, you know, foot or horseback because the snow came in and we were exhausted and this and that and the other. Yeah. Those are the things that we'll tell our kids one day. And, and they're going to be like, I want that. Yeah. I want to experience that. Because it, sharing your snacks or, or, like I said. Yeah. And, yeah, those are those are usually the guys that, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, oh, I need help. They'll be there. Yep. And it's just, uh, it makes for those hunting stories when you look back on them, like, oh, it was miserable, but so-and-so was there. And, you know, it's always a core group of guys that yep. people have. So that, that was a question from Nick. Um, 
We'll do we'll do this one from one more hunting one, then we'll get to the fitness one. So this one's from Brent. How about all the hurdles of hunting in foreign countries? For instance, like crossing the border with firearms and what documents like visas and costs, what's the difference in driving across the border to Mexico versus flying it to another country overseas, especially in the climate of an unrest with Russia invading Ukraine? Yeah, okay, let's talk about that real quick. So I'm still sending people to Kyrgyzstan um, this year. Okay. And I, and I haven't heard otherwise. So that's still a go. Now, um, going with an agent and, and that agent being connected with a reputable outfitter that can facilitate that process through paperwork. Yeah. All you need to do is get that information over to the agent, who is me, in a timely manner so I can facilitate that with the outfitter themselves. And I'm talking serial numbers, round number, round count, um, make models, mm-hmm. passport, all that kind of stuff. It's easy. It's not a big deal. Okay. As, as long as you cross your T's and dot your I's and you don't bring too much ammo or bring the wrong gun that you said you weren't bringing okay. and you bring a different one, as long as you don't do any knucklehead moves like that, you're good to go. And especially a country like Kyrgyzstan, I can't answer for Russia. I never hunted Russia, but Kyrgyzstan, people are great. Yeah. yeah but they're looking for opportunities to rip you off. <laughs> so if you bring the different round count, you, you said you were bringing 50 and then you showed up with 57, yeah, they're going to try to screw you. Whether they charge you 100, 200 bucks, 500 bucks, 1,000, I don't know. Okay. As long as you cross your T's and dot your I's and go with an agent who is reputable, you'll be fine. Um, and then in terms of flying to Mexico versus um, driving, I've done both for the record. Okay. The drive sucks. It sucks. Yeah. It's not fun. Um, but you can also take your animal back with you um, more easily, I should say. So, for example, um, you know, if you kill a buck the night before you're going to leave, you've got to prep it. Can't be any ticks. Can't be any blood. Can't be any flesh on the cape. Mm-hmm. And it has to be completely boiled out. Okay. Now, um, if you're flying, you might not have time to do that. Uh, you know, to, in 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 a timely manner in order to catch your flight. So you're going to leave without your trophy. Okay, and they'll ship it to you. Yeah, I mean that's just up to you and the outfitter how you arrange that, right? Okay. But yeah. if you're driving, then you can just lay your drive time. You can just be like, wait, I'll just wait till my all my stuff's ready. Yeah. Flush, flushing's done, skull's boiled, whatever you're doing, mm-hmm. and then you can take a little more, more time to do it. Okay. So, so that's the difference. But I hate driving, and I drive a lot. With the, I would rather fly. The border is driving through with guns and stuff. Like, Is it the same concept as flying somewhere? You just need to have the documents, or how does that yeah, work? and the outfitter will give you the paperwork, and uh, it's not too bad. Not too bad. As long as you don't have any ticks, or any blood, or any flesh... As okay. long as long as you're going through Mexico like that, and you cross your T's and dot your I's, and the outfitter's going to know. It's like, pretty much you're going to want like an outfitter that knows what they're doing. They'll tell you you need to have this paperwork, or like sending you paperwork to fill out. Exactly. Just so you, when you're traveling there, it's you're good to go. You're exactly. just not going in like what I need to figure everything out myself. You'll have right. someone that's been doing it for years and years, right. telling you what to do. Okay. Yep, exactly. And then you know, if you do it at the airport, it's easy. Um, it's like. You know, take care of the cape, make sure it's frozen, um, make sure you got rubber around the antler tips so they don't break, make sure it's cleaned up good, it's easy. Okay. I think that's probably, like, one thing people probably are worried about, or maybe it puts them off from wanting to go hunt foreign places, but it's like, how how do I do it? Yeah, it, that's up to your agent and the yeah. outfitter to kind of take care of you. If you're going directly to the outfitter, then, you know, with, with some of these Asian-type uh, hunts you're, and Russian, you're going to go through an agent. Uh, some of the Mexico type hunts in Canada, you're probably going to go through the outfitter directly, depending on. Okay. But those people take care of it for you. That's why you pay them. Yeah, you're you're paying for part of the convenience of it. Absolutely. So, yeah. Which, it, it, you, I I don't know. Is there really any foreign hunts that you could do that are DIY? Mm. Would it be close to? I know you can do some stuff in Australia. But you're going to have to... That's about it. Yeah. New Zealand, Australia, you can do some stuff. Um, For the most part, no. And I wouldn't recommend doing it. I don't know of any African stuff you can do DIY. I don't know of any European stuff you can do DIY. Russian, no. I do know New Zealand and Australia you can, but you better know someone who's done it or have a friend over there. Okay. Uh, Hawaii, no either. It's all private. You're you're not going to get away with any DIY stuff. Oh, so, but okay. that's not a foreign country, obviously. Yeah, but. but okay, it's still kind of like traveling and same yeah. concept with that. Uh, I think that answers his question. So it's pretty much 
you know, go through someone that knows what they're doing. Right. <laughs> All right, we'll do we'll do the fitness one next. Um so he Evan had said, so in January I started at two thirty five and I'm now bouncing between two ten and two fourteen. I know most people have trouble doing legs, but it's core for me. So I'm just wondering how important is a strong core? But then he says, oh, but I guess I should probably do it anyway, so I'll look better for grips and gripping grins. <laughs> but pretty much how important is having a strong core? Listen, I'm not, I don't have all these fitness certifications and nutrition certifications and all this, but I do know this. Uh, your core is vital to your back health. Okay. And coming from a family who has bad backs, um, you should never, ever skimp on core. I mean, that's, that's the most foundational part of your body, uh, from posture to your back health, keeping your back muscles strong, avoiding, you know, having your spine do work instead of your core muscles. I mean, make yourself do it. Yeah. You know, set goals, bite off a little bit at a time, try to block off two, three days a week where you're going to focus on your core, even though you don't want to. Yeah. If you can get that core strong and listen, if you got fat on your gut, you're not going to, as much core as you're going to do, you're not going to see your abs. Yeah. You've you've got to get rid of that that fat first. And then you're going to start seeing your abs. Yeah. So if if I guess if you're just caring about what he's saying the gripping grins, yeah. you'd want to lose the fat and stuff like that. But then for your core, it's more for your like it also applies to your back health and yeah. other things like that. Absolutely. And then if you're hunting, you know, you want a strong back like you know, this like when you're packing out 100 pound plus packs, yeah. you're going to want a strong You don't want back. to slip a disc. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, back, you know, seven miles deep, if you're pulling something in your back, you're going to be miserable. Listen, my cousin Clint packed out a spike bull um, on an archery hunt probably five, seven, eight, nine years ago. I don't know how long. His back's never been the same. He considered a back surgery. Really? Because packing out that bull messed him up so bad. Did he, yeah, did he slip a disc, pinch a nerve? So I think he slipped a disc. And that disc was causing a lot of discomfort, numbness in his leg. It, oh, was, really? it was a miserable experience for Clint. Okay. And, um, you know, I'm going to guess he didn't have a strong back. I'm going to guess he wasn't working on his back. I was going to guess he wasn't focusing on his core and his back, keeping that strong because it doesn't look good, right? Curls are the, for, for the girls. <laughs> you want to focus on the chest, the, you know, the things that you can see through your t-shirt. Yeah. And a lot of guys don't consider the health of your abs or, or low back. Okay. So I guess, yeah, for fitness, that's the fitness question. Um, we'll go, we'll go back to the comments in the group. And we'll just we'll just kind of go through them. We're, we're we're going through them pretty fast. So, this one's from Jarrett. He says to you, "What are the top three most important items for your backcountry hunt? If you can, if you had, I guess if you've top three items is in gear. I, yeah, top three items for your backcountry hunt. So that's that's the question. So I, I don't know if that means three things you would always need to have. Just your top three most important items. Well, I think clothing, shelter, and food. I mean, that's, that's the top three items you got to pick and, 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 and pack. But if we're dial it down past that, um, I think a, a lighter and some fire starter is pretty important. Um, I think good filtration system for backcountry hunt, lightweight, good filtration system because water is one of the most important things you can do. Okay. Um, hmm. Next most important, it's like, man, I think safety. So, inReach or uh, Zolio, I think that's one of the next most important things. It's probably something I don't pack very often because I know that someone I'm always hunting with is uh, usually packing it, but that's stupid. That's a stupid excuse not to pack one. I should pack one every time. Yeah, just in case something else happens. Yeah, and I'm going to actually add a fourth. Okay. That, that I might move up to number one overall that I just thought of. The base map app. The base map app? Dude, it's the number <laughs> one tool for any hunter. Okay. Yeah, it's the number one tool. Maps, topo maps, pr- public and private, XDR navigation, which is a range finding tool built in, remote markers, recovering that bear. How huge was that for recovering that bear the last weekend? Yeah, we were able to walk this right over where I yeah, where I where we last thing. saw him rolling, yeah. and so it yeah. helps because once you get over there, it's like okay, where did you actually hit this bear? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Um, trying to think of what else. Unit boundaries. That's huge. Uh, weather center on there if you have cell service or you can download that hunt wind i'm telling you it's the number one tool and uh, it's almost not fair sometimes because that makes that makes you a better hunter that makes you an absolute 
better hunter and scouting and all that stuff. Yeah, that's, that's, that's first. And by the way, you can get 20% off that using our code. Um, that supports us. It's basemap.com forward slash muley freak. And you can transfer all your waypoints from on X over into base map and you can do that right away. So I'll kind of go off that, um, top three items. He, he, uh, Chris wants to know, he knows what brand we're rocking, but the minimal clothing f- to be covered in the back country okay. for That's whatever easy. weather throws at you. So what, the, the very minimum of what you need. Okay. Very minimum is this long sleeve Merino with a hood. Okay. Protect your arms from the sun, protect your face, neck, ears from the sun and head. If you're bald like me <laughs> vest, that'll help keep some of that core heat in Two. Three, a puffy, a good puffy. Black Ovis makes a good puffy. Cryptic makes a good puffy. Kuyu makes a good puffy. And then f- fourth, an outer shell in the form of rain gear. Not a soft shell. Not a guide jacket. Rain gear. Bucks the wind better. Uh, protects you better. Doesn't breathe. You're not going to want to hike in it, but I don't hike in that crap anyway. Yeah. Because um, you'll get wet from sweating to death. But there's uh, pit dumps armpit dumps and stuff now and a lot of those anyway yeah um that's the main thing and then uh merino pair of underwear a lightweight pant that you like whether it's those black ovis granite granites uh cottonwood creeks whatever or cryptic valhalla pants or i know a lot of guys run attacks i've tried out the attacks they're a nice pant too and then um almost always run a gator i do very rarely do i not run a gator for me with gators it depends if it's wet, if there's weather, because my legs just get so hot. It does trap that be... heat in. In fact, I had heat rashes last weekend from all that heat that got trapped yeah, in from so the gators. When, yeah, when we were hiking around the last weekend, if it was super rainy and I knew we were going through the brush, I was wearing them. But then a couple of the times, I'm like, it's warm enough. I'm, I'm, I don't want them just because my, yeah. my, like when I had them trapped in, even it, like I was wearing, I had gators on and I'm where I was wearing like a spandex underwear my knees were getting all the moisture from both of those were just getting locked in my knees. My knees were soaked on my pants. So that's one thing. Gators, when it's wet, I'll wear them, but usually now I don't. It also depends on how much you're hiking. If you're, yeah, if you're hiking a ton, I, it, it locks so much moisture in there too. And they can be loud for bow hunting. Yeah. Yeah, they can. So there's pros and cons. It just depends on the type of hunt. And a lot of people are like, Oh my gosh, you got so much gear. Why do you sell so much on Instagram? It's because I'm always trying new gear. And it's yeah. because every hunt's a little bit different, and I like trying out different pieces of gear for different types of hunt. Yeah. So, anyway, tried a lot of different gators, too. Cody makes a good pair. Cryptek makes a great pair. Um, Tukur gators are my, one of my favorites from Cryptek. Uh, Black Elvis makes a good gator. So I'll say what what I, what I used on, like, our bonsai bears, because we were going as minimal as we could. It was, yeah, those Black Elvis granite pants. I wore those the whole entire time. Um I did pay, take a pair of thermals just for, like, sleeping, and we knew the weather was going to be bad. Uh, outer, like, rain gear, pants, and a jacket, which after our 212 experience, I always have rain gear in my in my pack now just because you, you never know when it's how bad the weather is going to be. So we had that on Bonze Bears. And then, I yeah, long sleeve merino. Um, what's the... You said minimal, though. You can get away with no rain pants. I, and I've done it in some shitty weather, no rain pants. I'm just saying, yeah, if you've, but for whatever weather throws at you, that's one of the most important things, I think. If it's going to rain. Is. It is. I was just like, thinking if you, minimal. If, if I'm going minimal, I would just be pants and a t-shirt. I could do. I, could I get think away minimal with that. survive. Hey, this depends on your definition of minimal. My definition of minimal is no rain pants. Yours isn't. Which is okay. Yeah. I I would rather have rain pants and a rain jacket yeah. for when it so yeah. if it's a downpour. Yeah, and you have to stop. I think both. No. I think yeah. both answers are correct. It's just to what you want. Yeah. Peyton's been caught with his pants down before with no rain pants. <laughs> it sucks. It, it, it's yeah. At like a couple times now when I'm like I wish like that stock on the coos hunt last year when <sighs> we were compl- crawling through the mud. That was horrible. It was terrible. Like just being able to stop and throw that stuff on. You that would have made the stock way more enjoyable, enjoyable, and yeah. we wouldn't have been soaked to the bone afterwards. Like, I, there's a stomach things like and that. Josh's where, heater went out in his truck, so we couldn't. Oh yeah, thaw. and then we couldn't oh, even thaw gosh. the whole day. That that was a miserable day right there. Oh, yeah. So I'm just like, we suffered. And I don't think they're not that heavy. They're not heavy really at all. Yeah. So the 
I think they're the Junipers. Is that what they are from Cryptech? Jupiters. Jupiters. Yeah. So they're. I and they're good the, pant. on your bear hunt. It was like a jungle down through all the yeah. stuff. And Did I, you get wet? I threw the rain, my rain pants on, and went, when I went down through, when I hiked back up, my pants got wet because I took them off because you didn't want to die. I knew I was going to be sweating so much. So that, there, I sacrificed getting wet from yeah. it. But going down, it was nice because I knew oh, we're going to get down to the bear and have to take care of him. So I didn't want to have to deal with being soaked. Yeah, I guess it's really up to preference, I guess. But one thing I will, I guess, minimum, I'll always have a puffy, little yeah. puffy in them, because even. Like, it's it's June right now, and you'd expect the weather to be warmer. I was wearing the puffy on our bear hunt the majority of the time because well, it was cold. Geez, it was like 30 degrees yeah. a few times. Yeah, and even like in those... As soon as we left, it went 85. Yeah, those like early... Even like the late August hunts and stuff like that, the mornings can be cold, and your higher altitude, the nights can be cold. So yeah. just having a little bit of comfort. But yeah, one thing, I always have a lightweight puffy. It's, yeah, so I guess it all boils down to getting out there and what comforts you want in the in the woods yeah definitely thanks for the question bud yeah th- thanks chris thanks bud <laughs> <laughs> i've noticed on comments now and people saying that they'll say oh nice video bud <laughs> so now we have to be like oh hopefully they're not just saying that to de- demean us they're just no, saying it they know it's a joke <laughs> they know it's a joke yeah. so mandy is asking uh what hunt are each of you looking forward to the most this year? And then biggest piece of advice for someone hunting out of their home state for the first time. Gotcha. Okay. Biggest, the hunt I'm most looking forward to is my high country mule deer hunt this year. Um, I'm super pumped about that. Um, I can't wait to get back up there to the high country and go harder than paint. And just because it's big bucks, uh, chasing them velvet. Um, yeah. It's just me in the solitude of the high country, so I'm most looking forward to that one this year. Okay, is, and so what's your best advice for someone hunting out of their home state? My best advice time? is do some research. Download yep. base map, upgrade to pro, do a bunch of e-scouting, um, try to talk to people who've hunted the unit, obviously. Start listening to these podcasts so you can research gear, get more involved, and engage more on the private Facebook group so you can learn more about gear. Um and I think that's a great place to start. Look at our YouTube videos, see what we're using, check them out. It's going to generate ideas, spark ideas, and it's going to help you. So I would say listen to the podcast, join the private Facebook group, check out our YouTube channel. You're going to learn a lot, I promise you. So, and so Tyler made a post on Basemap the other day on, on the group about e-scouting because he'll hunt out of state a lot of places and he, he's pretty busy with family and work and how he uses base map to scout locations and like there's that 3d feature where if you can't get out and scout it beforehand using that 3d on base map really helps you look like what the country's yeah. going to look like a lot without and, having boots on the ground yeah, it's without a great actually having boots there and you can get an idea of how to route in and stuff like that so if you can't go to the unit that you're going to hunt like at least one time to scout it and get a general idea you you're going to want to be using base map i would think a lot yeah 100 percent, great so, tool and it's you know even if it's a couple hour drives right now driving to these places it's going to cost you a lot of gas to put in the time yeah so using you know utilizing your resources you have like base map and i mean i'm going to a lot of people don't want to they'll give you some help to where you're going locals but they're not going to tell you everything they're not going to tell you everything so you're going to have to figure some stuff out for yourself but i think one good resource is if there's like local um dnr or wildlife like and, and we, not even they're going to tell you everything either but they're they, going to make you earn it yeah they'll, they'll still help you with certain things though too like last year on your elk count we stopped and talked to a guy and he was giving us tips of places oh, yeah, to he go was to stud. and he, he was really helpful so if you can find the right person some people don't care they'll tell you wherever to go um but yeah if you can usually talking to like someone that works for the state they're usually pretty helpful too yeah, if they're, they're willing to help but at the end of the day it's going to be trial and error yeah you're going to have to go rip in somewhere do work rip out that doesn't work try something different rip in do work yep. rip out that sucks we did a 10 mile loop before we killed the broke by six. Oh yeah it sucked and we were getting ready to leave town we drive up the draw fortunately this spot you can do glassing without having to hike because again we we're getting ready to leave town spot this bull here Peyton and i had another hard three miles to do 
<laughs> yeah. And, and my point is rip in, rip out, do work. Rip in, do work, rip out, and then try it until you find it. And I would think a good idea is if you can go at least a day or two before the hunt actually opens, and then you'll get that scouting thing. Like, you'll yeah. know you're there to commit to the hunt, and if you can get there a day or two early yeah. to actually do some scouting, it'll just make your hunt easier too so you're not trying to figure it out on the hunt because yeah a lot of times that's what we're driving around doing is going to different spots hiking in and be like there's nothing here yeah and trying to dial it down if you don't already have a scouted location so yeah i agree and here's where the fitness comes in yep if you're dialed to rip in do work and rip out it's not so taxing on you and when it's not so taxing on you physically it's not so taxing on you mentally so you're gonna be tougher yeah, so you'll want to go to the next You're going to want to get in shape. Exactly. You're yep. going to have the energy to get to the next spot. And so your training and your success, your hunt starts long before you go on the hunt. And that's why we were pushing this training lately on our Instagrams, the Muley Freak Instagram. We're pushing the supplements because nutrition is a huge part of it. You know, mm. obviously we're big fans of Megawatt, electrolyte-based pre-workout. You can support us by going through our link. And then the post-workout stack that mitigates reco- or mitigates soreness and decreases recovery time. That post-workout stack is unreal. Low-temperature processed protein, digests better. Um, it's already broken down, so your body absorbs it super quick. And the thing within that stack is this, this, this product called Ignition, and it has glycogen, and it lets your body know when to start repairing. Because if mm-hmm. you don't feed it that glycogen, your body doesn't know when to start to, to, to repair. Yeah. So I say all that to say this. If you want to learn a new area, especially out of state, and you want to rip in, do work and rip out, you fitness better be in check or you ain't ripping in nowhere quick. Yeah. And if you can rip in quick and have the mental fortitude to do that, you're going to be more successful. That's just that's just the way it is. Because yeah, you can be going out of state to a trophy unit. doesn't mean the whole unit. There's certain areas like that are going to have better deer, better elk, whatever, you're still going to have to dial it down. It takes a lot of work to learn a new area Absolutely. and to be successful. So you're just going to, yeah, you're going to have to. Look how many places last year on uh, Timber Brewing where we had to rip in, do work, and rip out, and we were unsuccessful. Oh, yeah. Until the very last minute, the very last hour of the hunt, we smashed a giant at 20 yards right in the chest. Oh, yeah. And sometimes, you know, a little bit of it's getting lucky but then it was also putting in the work because we could have yeah. left you know that day yeah. we haven't seen anything we but, I, left. but i feel like the but rule yeah. the rules of the universe reward yeah. those who work the hardest yeah the harder you work yeah the better it almost it increases your luck <laughs> yeah it increases so, your odds for sure yeah um this is a good one from ryan if you could go back in time on a hunt that didn't go as planned what would you redo over to make it successful and what hunt would it be and what would you have done differently? Dude, it comes down to preparedness every single time. comes down to preparedness. I, I almost don't need to be prepared to find a big animal. I feel like I have such a knack for that, and I'll work hard, and I, I know enough about the animals that I can go in and find a big animal. But where's where the preparedness stuff comes in, not knowing your weapon, mm-hmm. not knowing your arrow, not putting the time behind your bow, not putting the time behind your rifle, Okay not having adequate nutrition or food to stay out in the field longer to be more successful, not preparing physically so that you can go harder and push further up the mountain. Okay. It's preparedness every single time. And all the times that I have come up short or quit, which I vow never to do anymore, quit or otherwise didn't tag out. Yeah. It, it comes down to preparedness. So do you, do you have like a certain time that, like something went wrong on a hunt that you wish you could redo on it? Something went wrong? Yeah. Yeah, my coos deer hunt last year and my, my freaking bow got bumped and I didn't know it. I should have been shooting every day that I wasn't hunting. Just and, to make and, sure it was yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was stupid. Okay. And I, I shot at this coos deer, what, five times? We chased him around a couple of times and you're, what, low every time? Yeah, and then, I couldn't figure it out. And, and then it, you shot the target, and it was you're shooting low. And the first day, low was, to the right, you were right on. Yeah, and so it just something got bumped for you there. Yeah, that. and I, I barely missed that sucker the first time, like barely, barely. Itches. Yeah, would have crushed him. Uh huh. And a stud deer, like once in a lifetime coos deer, especially with a bow. And it made the perfect stock. Put all that work in just to come up short on the execution side of it. Yeah, come down to preparedness. Yeah, shoot um, your bow. If you're, if you're dinking around and you don't, you're not hunting and you're killing some time, just make sure things are firing. Well, I made that post on that my first hunt I did with Aaron. 
his bow, same thing. It got bumped on the way to Nebraska. That cost him a nice buck, dude. Yeah. That we, buck was a stud. Yeah, we got there that night. We didn't have, you know. Shooting the us. headlights. Yeah, we, I guess, yeah, that's what you should have done. Shot the set, headlights was the only opportunity. We thought, you know, it's late. We got up first thing that morning, went hunting. And, of course, first thing in the morning, what do we see? A nice buck. And yeah. he shoots over it. N- no one wants to get in the, yeah. the headlights after you've been driving for 10 hours and freeze your ass off and shoot your bow. No one wants to do that. Yeah. No, I don't want to do it. But you've got to will yourself to do those things. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so now we that it's want, happened we, to both of you, yeah, it's, it's happened something to me. you're going to check. Yeah, it's not going to happen again. Yeah. My, my dad always said one thing about me, and I, I appreciate this about my dad. He said, he said Eric, there's, if there's one thing I've learned about you, you never make the same mistakes twice. Which, I'm not going to make the same yeah. mistake twice. Especially when it's yeah an animal on the line. And also, like if it's shooting off, you could say it's just shooting right a little bit or left a little bit that could be the difference between killing an animal or just shooting in the gut and wounding it and never finding it yeah and it goes off and dies somewhere so a lot of things yeah with listen. being prepared with your bow especially yeah listen i had a general in the army tell me something one time who i did some study with he says the hard right over the easy wrong yeah the hard the hard right is doing that thing you don't want to do that you know that's right versus doing it wrong or not doing it at all that's the yeah. easy way in fact you and i were talking about this on this last time this last weekend about just doing things the right way and you don't have to worry about it later yeah you don't sweat it you don't worry about it uh you don't otherwise stress about it and that's the value of doing the hard right over the easy wrong the hard right you know it's right you don't have yeah. to worry about it you're you're prepared even though you might not want to do it uh, you might not take the time to, or you might get lazy in that moment. doesn't mean you're a lazy person, but you might get lazy in that moment. Mm-hmm. W- one thing could be tying something down correctly, whether it's a bike or coolers or whatever. Yeah. Just don't be lazy in that moment and do the hard right over the easy wrong. Yeah. And that could sure. be applicable to a lot of things. Yeah. There, it can be like the littlest things that you never know might come back to bite you. Downloading a map before you go. Yep. Downloading a map. <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah, there's, there's always little things of, yeah. Not knowing a road's closed and you can't have a bike on it or whatever. Yeah. Having a key to a bike. <laughs> yeah. I mean, actually it didn't need a key. It was turned on. It came unplugged from the display. Oh it would have worked just gosh. fine. They plugged it back in, dude. And they freaking whipped around the parking lot. I'm like, you're kidding me. We, we sat there and messed around on that thing for a minute. Yeah. I, we took the Baku we, bikes recently and actually just this last week and all the bikes worked except for the one scooter. And we're like, why can't we get this to work? It was like, oh, we don't have the key. We thought we're it was a bunch of tr- idiots. <laughs> it was we, unplugged though. It that, was unplugged. That's still something like, it's not like we drive those things a ton. No, we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. We, we, but when we did the bike, we also, the bikes were fun to drive around on. I yeah. wish we had the scooter too. <laughs> I know. We would have had so much fun. We actually, after I killed my bear, we went to a little different spot and we were whipping around on a legal road and uh, we were just having fun. Man, it was fun. We were just wishing that we had that scooter fired up because we have to take turns. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Someone would be sitting out the truck waiting for the other two to come cruising back and those things are fast. Oh man. They're fun. They're fast. They're so much fun. So yeah, if, there there you go. Plan for your guys' huh? If you can if you can have a back coupe bike, cruise around on that thing, you'll get in and out faster if you can. <laughs> if it's legal. If it's legal. A lot yeah. of roads are shut down for that, but. Yeah, they're fun. But even that hunt of being prepared. Uh, we were prepared thing, for everything. The first thing we did when we got there was go and shoot. Yeah. Make sure your gun was on. Which, we don't always do that. We don't We don't always do that. But you're like, oh, I haven't shot it for a couple months. You know, I've been I've been to all these other places. We've been driving. I better yeah. go check. I've been hunting with it. I've been bumping it around. You know, we better go check. And it, think on that on that shot. If you wanted to go and checked and it was off, you would have missed the bear. Oh yeah, I'd have missed that bear. A once yeah. in a lifetime bear. But you know what? You know, after I nailed that little white spot on that rock at 389 yards, how confident was I? Oh, you you were already prepared to go in and. Oh, all and I knew, yeah. all I knew, was I needed to find a bear and I would crush it. That's how confident I am. Are you telling me that all I need to do is find the animal and I'll crush it to have that kind of confidence? Yeah. That that's that's unparalleled confidence, man. That's you can't Yeah. You can't teach that, you can't replace that. It's it's everything. Confidence is everything. Oh, yeah. When it comes time to the, and the most important part executing. Yeah, miss an animal and think, Oh my gun's off. And it was one of those things, oh maybe 
maybe it was off, but then once you've missed already, you also get in your head, oh, maybe it's my gun. Dude, it mind it mind asks yeah. you. And you're like, your gun's not actually off, you're just in your head, and then you start tweaking with things, and then it actually gets off. Kind of like that lion Aaron was shooting at. He didn't know what was wrong. Yeah, and he could have started messing with other things, thinking his gun was off, when it turned out to be he was just using the wrong dope, dope on it. He was using yeah. this muzzleloader one. And he could have thought it was something else and messed with, you know. Yeah. There, there's lots of things where you can be in a calm environment to just be prepared yeah. beforehand because yeah. once you're in that hunting situation you have adrenaline flow absolutely tying that back to what we just said being prepared yeah. that was being prepared that was eric 10 years ago wouldn't have done that eric five years ago probably wouldn't have done that but the more mature eric does that now because if i miss a shot i want to know 100 percent that it was me yeah that it was my anchor that it was my cheek weld that it was my rear support that caused me to misfire yeah. not oh it's oh it's my gun oh sh- crap it's my freaking gun it's the gun's fault yeah and a lot of days you can't really use that excuse for how good the technology is like people like this even with bows oh they're so delicate nowadays they're building those things you're not supposed they're not supposed to be getting bumped and tweaked too bad you know it can happen yeah but it's it's happened to me it's it's hard yeah it's hard to blame it always on your on the technology when a lot of times it's you the glass is clearer yeah the math is better we we have way more understanding the, the the bullets have better terminal performance, higher BCs. Um, it comes down to will. Never have we had more tools than than at this time right now. There's so many things you gotta have to think on the fly, and you also have to be calm enough to understand. Yeah, you like, gotta be calm under pressure. Yeah, and the word for that is poised. You have to be poised. You yep. can't lose your mind. You know, you know, not to pick on Aaron a little bit, but I get excited too. I lost my mind on that big old bear that was over my elk carcass lost my mind <laughs> yeah but but also on this bear last weekend i was freaking calm as a cucumber yeah and that's being poised that, that you can think clearly during that moment and after my adrenaline shot after that bear folded me and wyatt were shaking we we're so pumped <laughs> yeah so yeah it's all yeah, it comes down to being prepared really yep if you're prepared you shall not fail okay um this one is what sets Muley Freak apart from other hunting platforms on YouTube. This is from Steven. Steven. All right, Steven. This is opinion, obviously an, a biased opinion. Yeah. Um, but I feel like our content, um, I think we do a better job with our camera work. I think we do a better job with our edits. And I think we are um, better at our craft. I think we make better shots than the competition. Um, I think for the most part we, you know, uh, have, I don't know, just just the overall quality is better. Um, and not to say we're not satisfied or, or uh, that we're okay with where we're currently at because we're not. And I, tell, I told Peyton this this morning, I'm like, every piece of content that we put out has to be better every time. And I think the big thing is that we're striving for perfection, even though we're so far from it, we'll never achieve it, but we're striving for perfection. And I can't, I don't work with those other companies. I'm not, I don't collab with those other YouTube groups. Um, not really my thing, not really my style, but, uh, I I don't know that they're saying those same things that I'm saying right now, striving for greatness, striving for for perfection. Every, Mm -hmm. the next piece has to be way better than the next, the last one. Yeah, and that that's what's that's what's different. Yeah, I think that's I think that's good. Yeah, it's like we try to on each on each video, you know, uh, bring bring some entertaining value or educational value. We try to like we're not just trying to push out the most random videos just to put it on, yeah. just to put it on YouTube. We're usually always trying to make the video entertaining for people or like the camera the edits better or it flows better or something like that like we're, we're trying to make a good entertaining production for people yeah i'd say always and, and that's you know a lot of time we're overcoming obstacles too yeah we're persevering we're overcoming obstacles and um we're we're trying to beat ourselves we i don't compare myself listen i'm not going to compare myself to hush born and raised or any of those guys they're I'm I'm different than them. Yeah, you know, they're they're big. And all good, those own good channels, for them. they have their own their their own yeah. style. Yeah, they got their own style and they got their own fan base. That's great for them. Yeah, I, I I couldn't be more happy for their success. Really, truthfully, I couldn't be more happy for their success. I'm just worried over here about me. Yeah, I'm worried over here about me getting better, and I'm worried over here about my crew getting better. Yeah. I'm 
I'm worried about Peyton progressing in his career. I'm worried about Aaron progressing in his career. I'm worried about us doing better for our partners. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah. We pushed, We posted about this on Facebook. We posted this video about 100 days ago now. The bear, the best bear kill shots really you've ever seen. And you, you were disappointed. And I was disappointed. Aaron was disappointed. We spent like, it's a seven-minute video. We, we spent, spent, what, 10 days on it? We spent, yeah, like over a week making it changing like little things music how it hits text copy um yeah graphics the the copy like how it reads uh the graphics on it uh making sure we knew the caliber the colors yeah everything on it making like even this the sequence of how the clips were going through like which one's gonna engage people the most how do we want to end it what clip do we need after the first one so people keep watching which ones are faster what kind of subscribe prompts can we put in there yeah yeah to get people to subscribe and We've released a video, and after the first day, it had like a thousand views. <laughs> it, that, it's, I literally shared it with every hunter in my contact list. Yeah, it was underperforming on YouTube. YouTube's like, well, it's not as long as your other videos. People aren't people are watching it all the way through, but it was shorter than other videos. So YouTube said, no, it's not doing. They're like, it's getting okay, thick click through rate, but people aren't watching it for long because it was just a shorter video. Yeah, I, I literally threw my hands in the air. Of disgust. They were like, how how do we win on YouTube? Like, we 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 all thought this was a, a really good video. We spent so much time on it, and then YouTube saying no. And then you know, fast forward ninety days, I'd been changing SEO and stuff on it, and you know, trying to get little bumps on it. And all of a sudden, I see it started out. Oh, every forty eight hours, it's getting two hundred views. I was like, oh, that's cool. Oh, every forty eight hours, it's getting six hundred views. And I'm like, okay. And I remember before we left in your hunt, I told Aaron, this is going to be getting over 10K views a day in the next week. And Aaron's like, you think? And I was like, yeah. And fast forward, we just hit over 100K on it. We're all, we're like, this is so excited. Aaron made a post on it. You made a post. Tell, I'm telling people, like, it's like finally <laughs> a video is doing well. Yeah. And it, how it, like the, the being prepared putting in the work before it's paying off yeah. it's paying off later. in fact i did the post in the facebook group about this not to promote the video but just to say how hard work manifests itself yeah it's like we worked our tails off for that thing mm-hmm. every detail when it, and you got to think it's a seven minute video on the hunts seven plus years of yeah. bear hunts. seven plus years of bear kill shots and adventures yeah the the money we put into those hunts of our own money that we oh, yeah. haven't seen returns on. Yeah, and it's but, not. We're not saying like a video on the on YouTube. It's, it's not like it's bringing in yeah. money from it. It's we're just getting views. We're yeah. in it's. We're getting some a little bit of boost and subscribers. And, and listen, nice. if you think we're making a ton of money off this video, you're wrong. It takes tens <laughs> no. of millions of views to to get a, a, a return that's substantial. So we're not making a ton of money on this, but we're proud of it because we worked our tails off and we feel like it's the best kill reel ever. If not bear, it's the best bear kill reel. Um, and it's the most well-edited kill reel of all time, in my opinion. It, it's the most engaging. Um, I'd say 90% of those kill shots are just absolutely incredible shots, which we are, we're proud of. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's just amazing. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. And, like, for us, some people, oh, 100,000 views? That's nothing. Yeah. But it's, like, that's, that's exciting. And yeah. It's, like, a little victory. It's, it's big for us because usually when we're getting a video to that, it's it's a big milestone yeah. for us. Yeah, and like, it, of course, other channels, you know, they'll get millions of views on things. Other hunting channels, and it's yeah. like, but this but, you this know? was a ninety day rule manifesting itself. Yeah, like exactly. the work you're doing right now doesn't manifest itself for ninety days. And ninety days ago, we put together this video, and we're finally starting to see the hard work come together. Yeah, that's why you got to delay the self gratification. You got to put in the work every single day to accumulate those wins, so that you see the wins every single day down the road. Yeah, what you're doing now manifest itself 90 days down the road and that is a perfect example dude perfect example perfect example yeah so So, proud of that so if you guys haven't go subscribe to our youtube channel um and watch that video it's incredible it's on the homepage now of our youtube channel yeah so yeah i I think that answers steven's question pretty well it sets it apart just like how much work we'll put into you know to the videos and how like we're not just putting them out for views like we we want them it's for us too like it's not just I'll put a video yeah, up. We're like, proud of these. Listen, we, we bear hunt anyway. Yeah. We probably film our hunts anyway. If there were no partners, if there are no uh, AdSense clicks, which isn't enough to even make one full-time position here, I'm just telling you. But I'm just saying <laughs> yeah. we do it anyway. We love it. Um, I think that's most of the questions that we have. Okay. 
If that's all we got, thanks guys for tuning into the Q and A. I just want to touch on this real quick. You know, how can you support us? You know, uh, if you appreciate our content, if this content inspires you, um, or, or evokes some sort of desire deep within to be better, then share this podcast, your stories and say something about it. If you tag us, I'll reshare you. Um, and then two, another way you can support us and still benefit yourself is, you know, buy something from our store, a t-shirt, a hat, a sticker. Um, a bino harness, a rifle cover. I'll promise you we're not using stuff that sucks. And we're constantly trying to make that stuff better too. And yep. that's, it's going to happen with a, with a new bino harness as well. But our, our existing one is kick ass. It is. And, you know, I was thinking about these people that set up these Patreon accounts and like, Hey, pay me $5 a month, pay me 50 bucks a month and I'll do this and this and this. I'm like, you know what? That's, that stuff's crap. I'm <laughs> like, why don't you buy something from us that you can use? Yeah, you're going to get a use out of Yeah, you're going to get a use out You don't get any use for... We're giving this content for free anyway. You're not, you want to pay us 50 bucks a month? Why don't, why don't you pay us 50 bucks a month in the store and buy something that you want and represent? And that still supports us. The other way you can support us, buying Basemap. We're not getting rich off that either. But we believe that's a better product. Basemap.com forward slash Mealy Freak. Get 20% off. And then the other thing, and this thing is like one of the best things ever, and it's only going to help you and make you better and healthier. Order first form products. If you use our links in this YouTube or in this uh, podcast, you get free shipping and you get permanently associated with us in our group. And we're going to be doing cool things with first form down the road that you'll have the opportunity to be a part of. I'm not going to tell you what that is, but you're going to have an opportunity to be a part of this and it's going to be great. So I start with the megawatt and the post-workout stat. That's a great place to start. We'll have links for you to order first form, two separate links in this. That yep. You can do that. The megawatts. Amazing. It's amazing. Came Peyton used for it. us. Yeah. On that last stretch of that bear hunt this weekend, my my legs were starting to cramp up a little bit, and I had eight ounces of megawatt left in my water bottle, and pushed me right through the. It yeah. almost when it first hits, you get a you get a good feeling from it, like yeah. your body, like it's almost like you're floating when you're hiking. You yeah, know, have it's, a heavy pack on it. It's it's a great pre workout. Electrolyte based pre workout yeah. with natural caffeine, no itching, burning, or any of that kind of stuff. Yep. It's amazing. So those are ways you guys can support us. Hopefully you see the value. Um, I see the value. I feel edified for doing these podcasts. If anything, it's helping me. So I hope it's helping you. I really want to help you guys get better. So um, always email me, eric at mealyfreak.com. If you have any questions on this podcast, support us. We appreciate you. Share the show. Anything else? I was going to say, if you want to be part of the Q&A, either join the Facebook group or send an email to mealyfreak or eric at mealyfreak.com and he'll he'll get those too if you work with a k yeah with a k and that way we can do more q a podcasts because we'll we'll usually do them when we have enough questions so facebook or email eric and then we can answer your questions too about hunting fitness anything anything really that seems fitting for the podcast so catch you on the next one